Here's some exciting news from our friends at NT Factor. You've heard me talk for years about the natural energy producing benefits and anti-aging effects of NT Factor's line of nutritional supplements. Well, now those same benefits are available for your pets. Introducing NT Factor Pet Power. It's the first formula to restore the structure and function of cellular membranes in animals increasing vigor and vitality. By adding NT Factor Pet Power to their food, research has shown that energy loss and other age-related changes in animals were reduced and are delayed after only eight weeks of daily use. Now your pets can benefit from the same clinically proven formula I use and prescribe to my patients to repair damaged cells and improve your body's natural energy production. Clinical trials have shown that NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half and it also reduces some of the side effects of aging. With a 45-day money-back guarantee of nothing to lose, you can get the NT Factor line of nutritional formulas, including the all-new Pet Power, by calling 800-982-9158, 800-982-9158, or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Our guest is Ross Pelton, the natural pharmacist. He has written a book entitled Rapamycin mTOR and Autophagy and Treating mTOR Syndrome. The book is just about to be released. Uh, you can get it via Life Extension. Uh, give us a heads up on that once again, Ross. Yes, the, to pre-order my book, just go to lifeextension.com forward slash R-A-P-A. Okay. Rapa. So, so the question is, 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 is rapamycin a, a perfect antidote to an unhealthy lifestyle? Can, you know, like sort of uh, antidotes uh, the effects of a, you know, poor diet, uh, sleep deprivation, uh, <clears throat> sedentary lifestyle, uh, or is it best viewed as a, an adjunct <clears throat> to some of these things? Well, I, I'd rather refer to it as an adjunct. Um, I think that if people are going to continue smoking and eating processed food and be sedentary and not exercise, uh, rapamycin is not going to be too much of a benefit. The negative effects of all those lifestyle factors is going to be an overriding factor. But if people just do some of the, the basic functional things for a healthy lifestyle, like eat healthy food and get some healthy sleep and exercise regularly, rapamycin can be a game changer. Um, I, I really do think it can improve the health of most people alive today if they in, initiate a few healthy lifestyle practices and then engage in rapamycin. Um, and one of the problems, though, with rapamycin is that it is a prescription drug. So, People have to educate themselves and then educate their physicians about the benefits from rapamycin and the fact that taking it periodically, it's been proven to be very safe. So it's an educational process to get physicians comfortable with prescribing yeah. it and getting yeah. patients educated so they can um, make the case to the physicians that uh, they want to try this for themselves. Yeah, because the average doctor is going to roll their eyes you know, when they hear about <laughs> the use of a medication that to their minds, is just used uh, for certain uh, rare cancers uh, and also used uh, commonly for uh, patients with 
say, kidney transplants to suppress their immunity, they're going to say, what in the heck do you want to fool around with that for? But uh, yeah. it, it, it's, it's all in the, in the dosage and in the monitoring. Uh, are there any adverse effects to look out for? Do you need uh, frequent blood tests, for example, to see if it's having a, some deleterious effect? Or, you know, what do you have to look out for when you're taking rapamycin? Well, it, you know, anything can be detrimental if not used correctly, including water. So um, there's several things that I, I like to talk to people about. First of all, if somebody is really healthy and uh, somebody is a, a life extension enthusiast, they are probably eating healthy, exercising regularly. Maybe they're taking rapamycin, uh, and they could probably be taking metformin also. And so they might be doing so many things well that they need to take a lower dose of rapamycin. And the way you monitor this is first have to be aware of how you're feeling and how you're doing. And there's some lab tests that I recommend. Um, you want to check your blood sugar and blood insulin levels because inhibiting calories will change your blood sugar and change your blood insulin levels. And if you go overboard on it, then you'll go into hypoglycemia and, and uh, you'll have problems with your energy levels and so forth. Another blood test that's important to look at is your triglycerides. If triglycerides start to go very low, most people will have problems with elevated triglycerides. Right. But if they go very low, that's right. another sign of your dose of rapamycin is possibly too high. Um, you could also end up with uh, low levels of iron and low levels of hemoglobin and a suppressed immune system, looking at your T lymphocytes and so mm -hmm. forth. Mm -hmm. So those would be the, the symptoms of taking too much rapamycin. It's easy to check on a standard blood test. It sounds like one of those self-hacking things that are now so popular among uh, young Silicon Valley types, you know, and optimizers. Uh, I agree and, uh, with you. This is still in the do-it-yourself phase. We just yeah. haven't had the clinical trials in humans that really are able to differentiate what are the best doses and which people are going to get the most benefits. And over time, I think we'll find out that certain people require different levels of dosage and maybe different levels of, of, of scheduling, whether it's once a week or once every other week. And so this will be um, started to be sorted out as clinical trials over time start to get some results. Are, are there any medical conditions where you, you, you wouldn't want to take rapamycin? Any contraindications? Because it seems to be one of these panacea-like things, you know, for cardiovascular, for cancer prevention, for blood sugar optimization, for weight optimization, anti-inflammatory, all these good things. Yes, it, it, it is sort of like a panacea, but I don't like to over-hype it. Um, I wouldn't recommend it for pregnancy, Mm -hmm. yeah. Because during pregnancy, mm -hmm. the body has to have a lot of growth signals yes. for the fetus to grow. Yes. Yes. And you would yeah. not recommend rapamycin for infants or children because uh, even up through the teenage years, there's still a lot of growth phase happening and you don't want to inhibit that. And that's what rapamycin is doing. It's actually inhibiting the, a lot of the cellular growth signals. So I don't recommend uh, rapamycin for people below the age of about 25. And then it's a doctor's decision about whether a 25 or 30 year old um, should warrant 
a prescription for rapamycin. If they're obese and uh, overweight and have some problems with uh, metabolic syndrome or even cardiovascular disease, then rapamycin might be good for them. But also I'm trying to encourage doctors to really make the case for important healthy lifestyle choices along with rapamycin. Because if people are overweight and have metabolic syndrome, which are two of the most prominent health conditions right now, if you institute lifestyle improvements along with rapamycin, you can get rapid benefits. It's really quite astounding. But uh, again, I, I can't overemphasize enough the importance of shifting to some healthy lifestyle benefits. Uh, well, how do you uh, how do you get uh, rapamycin? Because it's a prescription drug. And it's expensive, right? You know, so so it it, it that is thousands true. of dollars a year unless they put down the right you know magic code that uh, makes it medically justified to prescribe rapamycin, right? And right. this is a this another one of the stumbling blocks because there is no code for rapamycin. Um, aging to this point is not recognized as a disease by mm -hmm. the FDA. Yeah. And so doctors can't write a prescription for mm -hmm. a drug and code for aging. They mm -hmm. can code for heart disease and diabetes and right. arthritis and pain and inflammation, but aging is not recognized right. as a code that can be used in the medical system yet. So if there's if a wonderful uh, book by uh, David Jeff Bezos or if you're Mark Zuckerberg, you can just, you know, what the heck, I don't care. I'll just I'll <laughs> yeah. cash on the barrel head. I'll, yeah. I'll just pay it out. But, you know. Yeah. What, what what do you do if you're like an ordinary person well, of modest means? Um, there's a couple of things I recommend. First of all, um, I've given my or shared my personal story in getting rapamycin in my book. Okay. Um, when I got my prescription for rapamycin, I went to my local drugstore, Ashland Drug, a little independent pharmacy. The pharmacist looked it up and he said, we can order this, but we're not going to because it costs over $3,000 for a bottle of 100 rapamycin pills. And he said, you're going to get your prescription filled for a number, a small number of tablets, and we'll have all of this inventory tied up on our shelves, not moving very quickly. So they refused to order it for me. I then took my prescription to Rite Aid, which is a chain drugstore here in town, and they don't have the strict inventory controls that an independent pharmacy has, and so Rite Aid did order it for me, and I get it for $20 a month on my uh, insurance copay hmm. with Blue Cross Blue Shield. That's pretty cool. So I mean, it is how do they justify it? I mean, it's, you, know, you don't have a, a rare cancer. You don't have, a, you're not a transplant patient. So I guess they're just generous in their benefits. I don't think they checked. Okay. I don't think Got you it. know. There's millions of prescriptions a day, right. and it's a recognized FDA-approved drug for several okay. health conditions, and so they're not checking okay. to see why it's prescribed. Um, but the price of rapamycin will be um, a roadblock for some people, and physicians. Um, unwillingness to write a prescription for a drug they're not familiar with will be another roadblock. But there are some other um, things that people can take that are natural agents that can help to suppress mTOR and stimulate autophagy. And one of the ones I think is really important is the drug that you and I have talked about a little bit before, uh, metformin. Yes, um, yes. Metformin yes. is yes. the most commonly prescribed drug in the world for type 2 diabetes. And Several years ago, I posted an article on my website and said that 
metformin is truly the first anti-aging drug um, because it normalizes blood sugar and it normalizes blood insulin. So anything you can do to suppress big spikes of insulin and blood sugar and normalize that over time is going to slow down the process of free radical damage and oxidative stress and it will slow down your aging process. So metformin is a, a drug that I also put in the category of an anti-aging drug and it works a little bit differently. There's another mechanism for activating autophagy. It's called AMPK, which is a, a different enzymatic pathway, but uh, metformin stimulates AMPK, which will activate this detoxification process called autophagy. And so it's another drug that I recommend that healthy people take because it's going to slow down your aging process. What kind of experience do you have with uh, metformin, Dr. Hoffman? Well, I, I readily prescribe uh, metformin for patients uh, who have, they don't have to have outright diabetes. I prescribe it for patients who have metabolic syndrome uh, because I think mm -hmm. it's, you know, say your hemoglobin A1C is, you know, 5.9 or, you know, they don't, you're not formally diagnosed with diabetes, but that's borderline. That means you have metabolic syndrome. You're on a path towards Mm -hmm. uh, diabetes or, you know, experience some of the consequences of uh, elevated blood sugar, which is deleterious to all the organ systems, to the brain, you know, to the heart and mm -hmm. so on. Uh, but I also prescribe it frequently for cancer patients because there is a there is some mojo on uh, metformin for uh, cancer prevention, particularly with these uh, hormonal cancers, uh, prostate cancer, breast cancer, um, uh, women's uh, reproductive cancers. Uh, I I do prescribe it for that, uh, and uh, you know it, it, what's interesting is that at my alma mater, uh, Albert Einstein College of Medicine here in New York, it's in the Bronx. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a if you're familiar with this guy because uh, he's an anti-aging researcher, Dr. Nir Barzilay, and he is a, yeah. he's actually mm -hmm. uh, Israeli, and he came over. He was recruited by Einstein because he's such a brilliant uh, anti-aging researcher, and uh, he. he found in the Bronx that there was a very large number of uh, Eastern European Jews, call them Ashkenazic Jews, who experience tremendous longevity. Many are in their 90s, they're centenarians, and he began to study them. And now he's undertaken a, a study of uh, elderly uh, Bronx residents, not necessarily Jewish, uh, who are uh, getting metformin, not because they have diabetes, but uh, as a trial of its anti-aging benefits. And it's an ongoing study, and it's it's being much uh, watched because it, it's going to take yeah. a while to yield results because it's not the kind of thing, you know, take it for six months and, you know, you're going to live longer. It, it's an ongoing uh, strategy for, uh, for its anti-aging benefits. And, you know, you threw in this new alphabet soup because uh, we started with mTOR, and now we're up to AMPK. Uh, AMPK is, is, is a target also of uh, metformin, right? Yes, correct. And, that's, it's, and it activates autophagy, and so that's part of the explanation of the benefits for, for metformin is it's activating autophagy and helping with cellular detoxification. Indeed. And just, I will point out one thing you have to watch out for when you take metformin. It's, it's very safe. It's well tolerated. It can cause some gastrointestinal side effects. Some patients don't like that. It usually uh, abates after taking it for a while, but some patients, no way, no, how can they take metformin? That's, uh, 
you know, the minority of patients. Uh, you also got to watch out for vitamin B12 because uh, I've noticed yes. in some of my patients, this is actually, you're, as, a, as a pharmacist, you're well aware of drug-nutrient interactions. Uh, metformin can suppress vitamin B12, and that's not a great anti-aging strategy because if, if, you, that, become, that's uh, true. That's if true. you become vitamin B12 deficient, it definitely can affect your brain. Yeah, that's true. And that is one of the side effects of B12. And most people who are life extension enthusiasts uh, who are taking metformin are also taking nutritional supplements and, and yeah, B12. Yeah, it can be overcome. Yeah, it can be, you simply have to yeah. pay attention to B12, take a B12 supplement along with the uh, metformin. Uh, so, so what are uh, there's a, you also in your book you mention a range of natural supplements that have an impact on mTOR or AMPK, uh, some of which very familiar to us, some of them are a little esoteric. Right. So, first, I'll just emphasize again that there's lifestyle factors that can really have an impact. Intermittent fasting, uh, calorie restriction, uh, exercise uses sure. up calories. And yeah. so, uh, and, you know, if you're doing uh, um, some intense intervals of uh, exercise, that can uh, activate AMPK. But some of the herbal and nutritional compounds, there's a, a flavonoid called luteolin. Mm-hmm. It's found in a lot of different types of fruits and vegetables, and there's good information on that. The studies have reported that uh, it activates autophagy and improves cellular metabolism. Another another herbal product called piperolongumine is a spice that occurs in the long pepper plant. It's the Indian hmm. long pepper. That activates AMPK. Curcumin is another herb that a lot of people are familiar with, and that has well-documented health benefits, and it does uh, activate the AMPK. PK mechanism to stimulate autophagy. Um, there's another one that's a real tongue twister, Gynostemma pentathylon, and Oof. that's a Chinese herb that comes from cucumber. Oh. And so that's also activating AMPK. And uh, green tea is another uh, herbal product that, you know, that's probably one of the most commonly uh, consumed beverages worldwide. And the chemical name or biochemical name is Camilla Census. And uh, that also has AMPK activating activity. So just the, the Asian population that drink green tea regularly are getting a little uh, of this AMPK activation for autophagy. Something that's been a little bit of a flash in the pan from an anti-aging standpoint has been uh, resveratrol. Uh, there was uh, a guy... Uh, who uh, managed to sell that concept to uh, GlaxoSmithKline, Dr. David Sinclair, uh, for hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars. They set up a lab to study resveratrol. They wanted to improve on it and create a patented drug. But uh, it kind of crashed and burned because uh, resveratrol uh, did not pan out uh, as a, a significant anti-aging strategy. Uh, do, you think it, do you think it still uh, has uh, value? Well, I think it has some value, but we're finding out that a lot of these um, polyphenols and and flavonoid-type compounds have very poor rates of absorption. So they pass through our gastrointestinal tract, but when they reach the colon, we're finding out that this is a second major category of foods for your probiotic bacteria. We know that probiotic bacteria require dietary fibers, but polyphenols and flavonoids are another large group of 
plant-based compounds that bacteria will metabolize and produce secondary postbiotic metabolites. And that's where the, a lot of the health benefits from these plant-based compounds, these polyphenols, in fact, there's over 8,000 different polyphenols that e- have even been cocoa. identified. cocoa, quercetin. Yes, right? exactly, yeah. from yeah. chocolate, you bet. Mm-hmm. So um, it's more the colonic bacteria and a um, microbiome process that it makes the health benefits available from a lot of these herbal substances. But I will give a shout out to David Sinclair for his new book called uh, Longevity. Um, I recommend that people read it. And one of the things I liked best about his book is he spent a good deal of time talking about how important it is to lobby the FDA and our political representatives to make a case for making aging classified as a disease because when that happens then the scientists that are studying aging can submit grants for proposals and be on an equal plane with submissions made by big pharma for studying various drugs for specific diseases but um, aging is fundamental to all diseases and if we can get aging classified as a disease so that it's easier for scientists to write grants and get supported for doing studies I think we'll have a a massive acceleration in studies on this whole aging problem yeah and I think it's we're gonna make uh, great strides you know the only question is uh, you know bringing it to the public in an economical form or will it be some sort of uh, you know elite medicine for uh, you know, the privileged uh, who can afford, uh, you know, stem cells yeah. and, you know, very advanced regenerative therapies. But it sounds like, uh, you know, aging is a, a multiplicity of pathways are involved in aging. I mean, there's the mTOR pathway, the AMPK pathway, there's autophagy. Uh, uh, but there's a whole lot of different uh, pathways. The mitochondria may be involved uh, and so on. And of course, you know, the microbiome, uh, you know, has a lot to do with uh, mediating the process of aging and disease. So it sounds like what we need is is not like some unique uh, panacea-like uh, remedy, rapamycin, you know, as a candidate, but we need sort of a, a multiplicity of strategies, you know, both innovative pharmaceuticals, what are called senolytics, which they're working on, you know, senolytics, anti-aging drugs. Uh, along mm-hmm. with uh, lifestyle factors, you know, perhaps natural supplements, uh, you know, things like uh, quercetin, uh, things like uh, NADH support, um, you know, with things you like uh, nicotinamide riboside or nicotine, uh, nicotinamide mononucleotide. Uh, uh, all these things together in concert might uh, prove valuable in staving off uh, aging and disease. Not only valuable, I think it'll accelerate um, research into aging and, and unlock new doors and new possibilities that are just exponentially. Yeah. So, what, what do you think the prospects are? You think we uh, that uh, you know we'll uh, live well into the you know both of us are a little bit on the aging curve. Uh, you are uh, a shining exemplar of uh, you know. Uh, uh, combating the ravages of aging because you know you're a bodybuilder and uh, your exploits are incredible uh, and uh, you know you're very active professionally and you know you're in the fast lane uh, what do you think the prospects are do you think uh, routinely people will uh, you know extend uh, you know go beyond their expiration date which seems to be around a hundred yes I, I think that um, probably within 20 or 30 years from now 
um, there will be massive breakthroughs that will enable uh, many humans to live healthy to 120 to 150. Um, there's, there's so many things that are happening. In fact, David Sinclair's book, Longevity, is a book that really summarizes a lot of the cutting-edge things that are happening. And the general public isn't aware of this, but these things are coming along so quickly that a majority of people who are alive today are going to be able to benefit from them. So, um, And rapamycin is just one of the many things that's happening. Um, but uh, just for people that are probably younger than 50, um, there are things that are going to be able to extend people's health span and life span substantially, I think. Well, that's really an exciting prospect. Uh, we just have to figure out what to do with all that extra time and make sure we have enough yeah. money to, uh, <laughs> to enjoy it. Yeah. Right. Good stuff. Uh, once again, give us a heads up on how to get a hold of the book. Uh, the book uh, is a mouthful. Yes, the, the title is... Give it to us again. Rapamycin mTOR and autophagy and treating mTOR syndrome. Yes, and mTOR syndrome is a a term that I coined. I think most people suffer from because because people are consuming nutrients so frequently compared to our ancient ancestors. mTOR is always being stimulated. And so this is creating this mTOR syndrome, which is all the health problems that result from having mTOR stimulated constantly and autophagy and detoxification not getting adequate time to be activated. Um, And my book, Rapamycin, mTOR, Autophagy, and Treating mTOR Syndrome can be pre-ordered from lifeextension.com forward slash R-A-P-A. All right. And the alternative is to engage in uh, severe caloric restriction, which may not make you live longer, but it's going to seem a lot longer. (laughs) Right? So we're, Love your sense we're looking, of humor, Doctor. We're looking for a, we're working for we're looking for a workaround because uh, you know uh, yeah. eating uh, you know a sprig of parsley with some uh, you know a small portion <laughs> of seaweed is not my idea of a of a good life. All right, good stuff. Yeah. Another uh, thing I've got in my yeah. book, I'll just mention oh, yeah. to um, our listener, Doctor Hoffman, is at the end of my book, I've got a lot of resources, uh, free resources for things that I've written in the past, uh, articles and uh, my YouTube video on how to uh, make salads that support your microbiome. So a lot of information over my lifetime uh, is available for free. Uh, various links in the back of the book. Yeah. Also, uh, check out. Uh, naturalpharmacist.com, uh, correct? Dot net. Na- net. Naturalpharmacist.net. Yeah, dot net. Okay. Yeah. That's an important distinction. Okay. www.naturalpharmacist.net. Thanks, uh, Russ, for joining us. And, uh, you know, interesting uh, departure from, you know, you're, you're certainly not one-dimensional because you often come to talk to us about, uh, you know, with your expertise on the microbiome. But this is a significant departure and a very worthwhile one. So thanks for bringing this to our attention. You bet. I really encourage people to um, get this book and educate themselves about rapamycin, mTOR, and autophagy. And uh, a tagline I've created is, let's make good health go viral. All right. Like it. Like it. (laughs) (laughs) That could be catching. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks so much. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. As an Intelligent Medicine listener, you know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. But vetting your sources and tracking down the exact products you need can be a hassle. 
That's why I'm inviting you to browse my online supplement dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. My specially curated professional-grade supplements are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical-grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site, it's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant, and offers world-class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll also receive free shipping on all of your store orders. That's drhoffmanstore.com. drhoffmanstore.com.